Hello and welcome to the first episode of Once Upon a Time's New Roman, where we conduct an in-depth breakdown of what makes an attention-grabbing story. My name is Kate Playfair and my co-host is Becca Howder. Hello world. Today we're going to be diving right into the heart of every story, the character. Uh, you can't have a story without a character and you can't have a good story without a good character. I can't count the number of times I've put down a book because I just didn't connect with the character. Um, a character that a reader can turn away from is a book that a reader can put down. And for everybody, for all the authors out there, that is probably our biggest fear. I know that's my biggest fear. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely mine, too, when it comes to writing. Uh, but today we're going to be discussing what makes a compelling character that readers are going to vouch for and really, yeah, not being able to put that book down at all with our guest, Jeffrey Ross. All right. So without further ado, tune in your writing brain. Let's create. So we'd like to welcome Jeffrey Ross today. He's a young adult fiction writer, author of the Orca Sports Series, and a script writing professor at Algonquin College. Jeffrey, welcome to the studio. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. So we're going to get right into it. Now, what makes a character compelling? Uh, it's interesting, even hearing you guys talk at the beginning here about uh, not feeling connected to a character. It's, um, it's a difficult thing to articulate when you're reading, but when you're writing, it's about creating someone who's real, obviously. We want to feel like the, the characters are real people. Uh, but you also want to create someone that has compelling conflicts that they're going to be going through. And the way that I tend to teach this and the way that I do when I'm writing is I create um, a chart of physiological, sociological, and psychological for each character. And I go through what they will look like, what, they, uh, what their standing is in society, what their role is in society, and then what they do on the inside. And in doing that, you're veering away from just writing what you know. Because if you create that whole character and then you're like, oh, that's just me, uh, that's not probably the character that you're going to want to put forward. So I tend to find that if you're able to create a character that has a deep psychological need that the reader is slowly going to discover, then you have a compelling character. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, what makes a reader turn away from a character? That depends on the reader. Uh, it's an interesting <laughs> question as well because I think there's some books that I've started to read and got a certain way through and put down and then millions of people love it and it's winning all the awards or it's, you know, the bestseller. So uh, it really depends on the reader in some way. Is it connecting to that reader? As a writer, you can't really make a universal character that everyone is going to love. So finding who it is that you would actually connect with as a reader is, is important as well. So what turns them away? Um, probably a character that isn't motivated to do anything, isn't motivated to move on and isn't facing anything that feels real, uh, or at least can can link to something that feels real to the reader. That makes complete sense, right? Like if it's someone not interesting, you're not really interested in reading about it, right? Like like most humans, right? Mm -hmm. Do you find that in every character that you have, there's essential elements that they would all share that would make that character really pop from the page? No, no, I don't okay. think so. No, I think every character you create has to somehow be unique uh, to themselves, you know, like... Uh, just like every human is somehow unique. And as soon as, as soon as there is any one point, then you're kind of following into stereotypes of whatever that person is. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if 
we connect with people because they're real, because they're all unique and different. So to connect with a character, they have to be unique and different as well. That makes total sense. Um, what is a favorite character of yours that you've written and why? Um, I have, uh, there's three books that I wrote, uh, not in the Orca Sports series, but it was uh, um, three character, or sorry, three books that ended up being a trilogy about two brothers. And, and those two brothers ended up being the, the kind of the most interesting ones I've written because I was able to spend a little bit more time on them. Um, throughout the three books, uh, and they were very much not me at all. So that it was much more fun to write something that had like there was no connection because a lot of my books have to do with skateboarding or snowboarding and things I do, and there's a bit of me in all those characters. Uh, but with these two, it was there was I had no connection to them at all. Uh, so it was interesting to delve into a different world uh, that they would live in. How do you write a character that doesn't have any part of you? Because I know when I write, I most of my characters at least have a little bit of myself in there. Well, I think they're always going to have a little bit of you in it. This one, this whole trilogy of books came from a song I heard one time, and it was a compelling idea. Uh, the, the singer, uh, it was called um, Blue Sky Blue, uh, and the song was about him singing about his brother who was in jail for drug charges of some description. And it was from the point of view of a younger brother saying, why did you give up our relationship for this? You know, like, are you, do you, are you sad that this has happened? Do you wish that you were out to be able to be with me and look what's happened to me? So I had, I don't have a brother and I didn't have that kind of a relationship with anyone. So taking that song, I just started wondering what would it be like to be that younger brother and what would you do once your older brother came out of jail and how would you reconcile? Yeah, that makes entire sense when you're going in there. It's, it's almost like um, having to put your imagination cap on and then kind of running with an idea a lot of the times, right? It's supposed to writing personally. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, my question that I have next is, was there a time when you were younger, maybe our age, maybe younger, uh, when you found that there was a book you read and there was a specific character that made you specifically want to get into writing? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, my first stuff was published when I was uh, around 19. So thinking about the the books I was reading then, I read a lot of Stephen King back then, okay. uh, and I didn't necessarily want to replicate that. Um, Catcher in the Rye, I know it's a, a standard, but it was one that compelled me to actually want to write for sure. There was something about a, a character that was so complex. Even though now I I, I reread it, you know, fairly frequently, and now I read it and I shake my head at it, but it's still <laughs> back then. It was definitely something that propelled me to want to write more. Okay, awesome. Do you have any other questions that you can think of? Yeah. You, um, you published your first book, you said at 19? No, no. My first published uh, short stories was when I was 19, 20 oh, years wow. old. Yeah. How, like, how was it published? Like, what kind of process did you go through? Uh, I mailed it in. They accepted it, and out it came. Wow. <laughs> this was physical <laughs> magazines at the time. Oh, okay. That was, that was in a magazine called uh, BNA, which stood for Blood and Aphorisms. Sorry, how did it feel to uh, be published at such a young age? Uh, well, I guess, I mean, if I think about it, I've been writing since I was about 16. Um, so I, I was completely compelled to do that. It was all I did with my spare time. I was always writing. Uh, we didn't have streaming services. I didn't have as many good video games. So I had more attention and time <laughs> than I do now to get those things done. But uh, 
No, it felt good because I got into uh, a creative writing course at Carleton uh, through through some of those stories. That's really cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we're about wrapping up for today that we're going in. Now, you're a professor at Algonquin, right? True. Uh, yes. So would you have any last advice for somebody who's at Algonquin right now who would want to get into either script writing or writing characters or just writing stories in general? Advice as in how to... How, how would you start? Like, how, how would you go about it? Because it seems like a really overwhelming thing for a lot of times to kind of like go in and be able to put all these thoughts and ideas from your head onto paper. What, what advice would you have to get started? Uh, well, the advice I give all my script writing students is to read as many scripts as you possibly can. I don't think we read scripts. Like if you love movies, you watch them and maybe you watch them more than once. But reading the script is going to show you the intent of the, of the author to begin with. And then the process it went through to get to the final thing that you've seen is everyone else's job. So looking at that, you can understand how the characters were supposed to be motivated, what they were doing. Um, so just reading scripts is the number one thing I, I suggest. Okay, cool. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming here today and talking to us about characters and about books and everything else that has been going on. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Well, that was very eye-opening for me personally. What did you think, Becca? I like the hearing from somebody who's done it with a few more um, years of experience from me. Um, like, I've been a very casual writer my whole life coming in and doing things. And almost everything I've learned is self-taught or kind of trial and error, right? So I love talking to people who know, you know, they're either that's their profession or they've had years of experience on doing this entirely, right? Well, what did you think? I thought it was great. I mean, I've written characters myself. I, I was really into writing stories in high school and it kind of took me into college. But um, I didn't take as much time to flesh out my characters. So okay. the stories that I wrote, I think, fell a little short. So it's it's very interesting to speak to someone who is experienced and a professional or is more professional than I am about <laughs> um, how to put together a good character. And I think I'm going to take that away take a lot of away from this yeah that makes complete sense right i mean that's kind of why we have this podcast going um okay on the topic of characters is there a character in a book series that you would be recommending for people to read oh like, character yes do okay. i have one okay so my favorite book series yeah. of all time and it's mostly because mainly because of the characters is burning sky by sherry thomas okay. it has an incredible um lead of characters uh, eolanth seaborn and titus um I don't even remember his last name. It wasn't that important. <laughs> but they are incredible characters, very driven with fantastic arcs. And they they carried me through the entire story. It was also a wonderfully written series. It's a series. It's okay. a three-book series. But Burning Sky definitely hooked me. I listened to the audiobooks um, at least twice a year. Okay. Oh, so this is a thing you keep coming back to. And oh, having a time absolutely. Doing it. I'm so obsessed with the characters okay, and nice. they're fantastic and they're so real and they're so raw and it's incredible to hear their story or read their story. That's cool. My favorite that I have, um, I recently read a series called Shadow and Bone. So it's, it's kind of interesting. There's, it first goes into a trilogy and then it has like two separate ones. So specific ones I love is just the two standalone books that they have. Um, and it's kind of like a bit of a grittier one where um, there's a few characters in there and it's kind of like a band of thieves that go around and they have all these heists, which I love. Like I'm a huge like crime movie kind of person, right? Um, but yeah, very real in depth and they're not always the nicest people either. And I feel like for characters, that's what I loved about it because it made it so much realer, 
right? Some stuff, and then there's like, you know, going on, and they're like, yeah, let's just murder this person. I'm like, okay, so that's not something I would necessarily <laughs> love to see, but it was so fitting for that person. It worked out excellently. That's fantastic. I've right. had a lot of people tell me that I should read Shadow and Bone, and they I think it, I'm going to have to. Yeah, they made it a Netflix series, and it was one of those rare ones that actually made sense from the book into like the TV, and I was just super excited about it. So I haven't done season two yet, and I'm like on it, so I have to like totally catch up to this, but the books were great. Should I read the books before I yes. watch the series? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Every single time you're like, hmm, what should I read? Oh, The Revenant's a movie. No, 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 book first. Okay. That's like the standard rule, right? All right, I'll take your word for it. Um, well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, you can find us. Uh, we have a website. It's called Once Upon a Time's New Roman. Uh, you can find us online, and we'll have our social media handle up soon. Our next episode is going to be published on October 17th, uh, where we'll be discussing the qualities of setting in relation to your character and plot. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next time, and remember that every story is worth being told. <laughs>